But let us dive straight into SmackDown. Now, the first topic that I have for SmackDown uh, from last night, um, and that involves the Women's Championship. And that involves, of course, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair. As Bianca Belair and Charlotte played the coexisting game last night, guys. They faced, and I'm, guys, I'm not bullshitting. They faced your WWE Women's Tag Champions in Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, right? <laughs> Fucking why? Why? I, I, I don't understand why. And Brian, this just proves my point of everything I mentioned last week. And I talked about, yes, it's great that Chelsea and Sonya are getting these titles. And yes, there, there can be a way where you can build a tag division around them. But the question always remained, is WWE going to do such? Because again, these tag titles have been treated no better than the fucking 24-7 championship freaking not too long ago that that was freaking a yep. thing, you know, several months back. And, and this is just another prime fucking example. Now, I cannot, and I can maybe... I can maybe come up with a reason why they did such. And, and I'm going to explain this bef uh, before I get into this match itself. Obviously, everybody knows Matt Cardona, right? Matt Cardona is the wife or fiance or girlfriend of Chelsea Green or boyfriend, excuse me, boyfriend of Chelsea Green or fiance, whatever their relationship is. And Matt Cardona was uh, over on the indies in some show. I forgot the name of the show. I, I came across this picture on Twitter and he's wearing Chelsea Green's Women's Championship. And I freaking bet you WWE saw that shit and they used this match as some sort of type of punishment to be like, oh, hey, like you put this freaking, you, you, you have your, your husband, your, your boyfriend freaking wear our championship. Well, here, take a big massive freaking L to our top freaking female stars. That's Bianca and, and, and Charlotte Flair, right? That, 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 that would not freaking... That would not shock me if that's the case because we talk about this company being fucking petty and, and, and that would be that, that would not shock me in the slightest as that's the case of why they did such. But again, man, it's just I don't outside of that. It's just mm -hmm. you want to make these champion your champions and these titles prestigious and they're going out there to, to, to tell a story to help build a story between Bianca and Charlotte as well as Oscar for, for the women's championship. I'm like, guys, what, like what the fuck it makes? It's everything. And, and this is just the writing on the wall. Like we talked about the writing on the wall with Cody Rhodes. This is just once again, the writing on the wall that this title reign is going to just be a fucking dud. It, it, that, and that's, that's just it, man. As, as Charlotte Flair and Bianca, they, of course, win this freaking tag match. Bianca goes for a KOD. Charlotte Charlotte blind tags Bianca in the match. Bianca's not liking it. She's, she's like, you know, doing her upset. You know, she's upset. Like, why did you tag me in? I had the match won. Uh, and Charlotte Flair, like, you know, just like, like, you know, she's the queen, right? So she does this with her fucking, with her fucking wrist. Like, you know, scurry along. Like the queen is about to freaking win the match here. And that's what she does. She pins Chelsea Green for the win. Bianca's still upset at the rampway, and, and and that's that's pretty much it. Asuka was freaking backstage with Bailey and EO um, in, a, in a, like a 60, 90 second. You know, you know, Asuka was like threatening EO that if you, you're going to regret trying to potentially cash in on me, you know, she's doing her shtick like she does her fucking, <laughs> right? You know, freaking uh, yeah. Asuka, man. Like Asuka and EO, like I'm just, I'm just looking at the visual of that. I'm like, Man, that could be freaking special if you gave a shit about it, dude. If you gave a shit about both of them, um, right? So, but yeah, it's like again, we this this the coexisting shit with Charlotte and Bianca and this tag. It's just and out of everybody, you put your fucking women's tag champs on there. I, I'm just I'm over it, Brian. I, I'm just I'm fucking over it, and it's just it's ridiculous of of how outside of Charlotte. Becky, and I guess you can throw Bianca in there and maybe Rhea Ripley, maybe. I mean, she hasn't been booked as such since WrestleMania, but at least last night she sort of was. You know, Bianca, you know, she has been in this title picture, so clearly they, they want to make her relevant. But outside of that, besides those very few handful of names, nobody else fucking matters or nobody else feels as such. And it's fucking dumb, ridiculous, petty shit like this is, is the reason why. 
that I can't fucking stand with Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville, who are actually a decent pairing. I, I yeah. mean, they're actually a decent pairing, and, and, and you and they lose in the middle of a SmackDown show. Like, why? Why? And they're on SmackDown because, well, because they're champions and they can go to whatever said brand, I guess. So you put them on SmackDown and they just fucking lose. This is their first match as a fucking team as champions and they're already fucking losing. It's fucking bullshit. And I'm just, I'm over it, Brian. So I don't know how you feel about it, but your, your thoughts in regards to uh, this tag match and, and this women's triple threat coming up at SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, I can't think of another reason why, you know, I spoke about this team, you know, what, a week or two ago where, like, you know, okay, there's been flip-flopping of, of the women's tag titles. Liv is now hurt. Um, you know, for, for these two women, you know, a heel tag team, I really do think you could build the women's tag team division with them, you know, for the next whatever, you know, four, six, eight months, whatever, and you can really, really build this women's tag division. I really think you can. And, yeah, why – their first title defense, they're losing to not a tag team, just a fucking can-they-coexist bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I can't think of a good reason other than because it is the status quo of WWE to be that fucking petty. And listen – I mean, the cat's out of the bag. Kayfabe is largely dead. Like, this isn't the territory yeah. days. It, like, so Matt Cardona, you know, Cardona showed up with the women's tag title. Okay. Wrestling fans all over the world know that Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona are a thing. Yeah, it makes sense that the title would be in his presence. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, why? It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's petty as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, if this was a territory days, sure, I get it, but it's not, mm -hmm. and yep. it doesn't need to be. Uh, so yeah, that that's my thing with that. But um, you know, the whole the the world championship picture and just you know Charlotte, you know, just ensuring that she got the the victory or whatever. You know, we've talked about Charlotte enough. Um, respect her as a talent, her athleticism. I just, to me, with all the other talent within the women's division right now, she she does not need to be in the position and keep being pushed in that position so often, all the damn time. It just doesn't need to be. Like, somebody else should be in that spot right now, and mm -hmm. they're not. And, you know, you can hear, you know, say the promos or whatever, well, like, Oh, well, nobody's on Charlotte's level. Nobody, no, a lot of people are on Charlotte's level. A lot of people are better than Charlotte, period. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get, I don't get that either. Like people, like they put her on this, even fans are putting on this pedestal. It's like, dude, like, what the fuck are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> like, like she's like, she, what, what's different that Charlotte does compared to what Trinity Fatu does in Impact? That what Sasha Banks did when she was here, right? Hell, freaking EO Bailey, Sky, EO. Uh, Bailey. Like, what else is fucking different, guys? Yeah. yeah, she has 15 championships because WWE has put her in that position. It's newsflash, guys. These matches are pre-fucking determined. I don't give a shit how many fucking titles she has. It doesn't <laughs> right. fucking matter. Like, there's yeah. nothing else special about the fucking woman compared to a Bailey, an EO Sky, a Bianca Belair, a, a, a freaking Sasha, a Trinity, an Asuka, you know, there's, there's nothing else that stands out with her compared to everybody else. Yep. And if you don't get that, you're not fucking watching, you know, watch the moonsault that doesn't fucking connect 90% of the fucking time. Watch her not sell for her opponent 90 to 95% of the time. Yep. You know, it's just and that, but that's what this world is, man. As long as she's doing her fucking cartwheel into a clothesline, as long as she's doing little like offensive move sets, then that's what these fans are going to eat up. And it's fucking like that. But and that's that's the world that we live in now. Yeah. The fan base that we have now is just as long as you can deliver this type of move, doesn't matter how you deliver it, doesn't matter if you make it fucking connect, as long as it's like a nice ooh and ah for for good, not even a, a tenth of a second. Then, then you're a star. You're, you're, 
you are a tremendous freaking superstar. You're one of the, like, God, yeah. it's enough. It's just fucking ridiculous. It's just, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's just fucking stupid. And again, no, that's no shade to, to Charlotte. We, like we always say, guys, Charlotte Flair has a place. Charlotte Flair is a good, solid talent, right? You know, we, we say that, Brian, and fans think that we just say that she sucks. Like, again, you're putting words into our fucking mouth. Like, no, we, we, have we ever, Brian, have we ever said that Charlotte Flair sucked on this platform? Have we said it once? Yeah, I mean, I can't recall. I, I know I haven't. Because, yeah, I, I don't can't, think she I can't sucks. recall saying that either. Yeah, she just doesn't always need to be in that position. Shit accountable. We hold shit accountable. And, and that's just, and that's the definition of people like us crying or freaking saying that she sucks. Like, <laughs> right. give me a fucking break, dude. It's like, you know, it's not my, it's not freaking our fault that you don't like what you hear coming out of our freaking mouths. I'm sorry, you know, because we're just trying to help and we're just trying to be honest and we're trying to call shit out when it needs to call out when it comes to the booking of Charlotte Flair, as well as many other things in this company. So sure. if you don't like that, then you can eat a fucking dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's the that's the most blunt I can freaking put it there. But Brian, before we get into our next topic, your your final thoughts with Charlotte Flair and this this women's title situation. I'll just say, well, yeah, the women's title. Fuck. I, I mean, I don't. I don't even know, man. I mean, should Charlotte win here? No. Will she? <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and even and the women's tag man, come on, like do better than this. Like mm-hmm. Chelsea and Sonya, I you know, or, or at least give them the chance to fall on their fucking face. Mm-hmm. But I think they can pull this off, and I think you can build a solid tag division, you know, short term with these women as the champions. But you're not going to do that if they're losing their first fucking title match and just losing to made up tag teams, you know? So, and, and this is where I get into LA night. Yeah. As once again, he was involved with fucking shit row. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's very mean of me to say hit row, right? Freaking top dollar B fab and Ashante uh, Adonis or whatever his, his freaking name is. Right. So freaking, so he had a match with, with Ashante. He beats him via the BFT finisher in two minutes, and that was pretty much it. Again, the guy gets the biggest freaking pop out of the entire fucking show, and this is what he's involved in. It makes no fucking sense at all, and I'm going to get more into that in just a second. But he comes out there. He cuts a short promo. He calls freaking top dollar freaking Uncle Phil, which was fucking <laughs> was hilarious. Good. Michael Cole even busted out laughing. Uh, and freaking, he says, listen, you know, <laughs> he says the way B fab is looking at me, right. She's looking at me. She's got a little tingle in her loins. I'd say she's horny. <laughs> Fucking love, dude. LA night was freaking on one, man. It's just, and I'm yeah. thinking, Brian, I'm legit listening to this promo and I'm listening to the crowd. Obviously he took a moment for the crowd to chant and it's loud as fuck. And I'm just like, what are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing? This is what the biggest, the the uh, arguably one of your biggest stars because of his connection with this crowd and everything else. And he's go and you trying to give him momentum by putting him with putting him in with hit fucking row. I mean, come on, man. And so he beats Ashante, which I fucking hope he does in two freaking minutes. And then guys, and 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 we talked, and and here was the thing, right? Because there was talks about, oh, don't worry, there's plans for LA Night after SummerSlam. You know, there, there's a there, there's a segment or a ma- said match that they have planned for LA Night to be on the show. You know what that shit is, guys? A SummerSlam battle royal. Anything on the line, James? Is there anything? No, just just a battle royal. Just SmackDown and and and, and Raw superstars just just having a battle royal just to get just to get some some pay per view shine. Right. And L.A. Right. Knight is a part of that shit. So so and so that's the that's the bone that freaking L.A. Knight has been given. Good job, L.A. Good, good job, L.A. Knight for for getting over, for being for drawing all this merchandise, for drawing all of this viewership. And, and here you go. You, here's here's your reward. A fucking battle royal that who knows? Could he fucking win? Uh, yeah, he could. But is it going to do anything for him? Fuck no, man. It's a fucking battle royal. What are we fucking doing? Right. 
it's just I, I don't it's it seems to me Brian like and we've said about this like oh like the like people saying like oh the push is coming the push is coming you got to be patient James guys there's no fucking push coming what has made you fucking think that in, there's an actual push coming for LA night give me one fucking reason until they do something that has any slimmer of hope I will I will believe it and I will you know I'll believe it when I see it but they have done nothing to make you believe that. What makes you believe that? I, I mean, and if that's the case, then you have to start getting the ball fucking rolling, dude. Like enough. It's just, I, Brian, I'm lost. I said this last week. I'm going to say it now. I'm a lost. I'm lost for words. This is the big SummerSlam moment for LA Knight is a fucking battle royal. Are you fucking kidding me? Yep. Like seriously, and a freaking, uh, and I'm not shocked too. People are like, oh, there's big plans for LA Knight bullshit, and I, I, I fucking laughed when I saw this battle royal, and then freaking LA Knight being a part of it's like LA Knight wants a part of the battle royal. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, dude. Yeah, as well as Sheamus. Sheamus is also inserted into this freak. So yeah, there you go, guys. There's LA Knight. Freaking, he's gonna be a part of SummerSlam, but it's gonna be in a weird, nonsensical fucking battle royal with nothing on the freaking line. It would be one thing if there's something on the line. There's not. It's just a battle royal for all the catering crusaders in the in freaking in the freaking rock in the locker room, all the freaking people in catering, just to get a little bit of pay per view shine. That's all it is, man. And, and that's that's where that's what LA Knight, the the booking of LA Knight has gotten himself into, to where this company. Is they it, it, to me? It feels like they're they they have no choice but to put him on television, right? We're not going to give you we're not going to give you any relevant type of feud. We're not even going to give you a freaking title. We're, we're, we're not going to give you the rocket or any or any type of momentum. But we're but uh, you know you are over. And what we'll, what we can do for you is just to put you in this battle royal just to shut people up. Like here's your little moment mm -hmm. for LA Knight. You can shut the fuck up now. That's what this is. You know, and that's what pisses me off because this dude should be legit freaking being, you know, as Cameron Grimes would say, be taken to the moon, right? That's what freaking LA Knight right. should be doing right now, but he's not. And it's fucking ridiculous. Brian, your thoughts, man, in regards to this, uh, in regards to LA Knight, I should say, we talked about the US title situation, but your thoughts in regards to LA Knight, the segment with Hit Row and, and this battle royal. Yeah, let me let me get the floor for a minute because yeah, I got a lot to say about L.A. Knight and the Where's WWE George, and yeah, man. Um, so let me the the segment right hit row, you know. Again, it's not to shit on hit row. L.A. Knight is at a way operating at a way different level right now than L.A. than than hit row. <laughs> like they're not even in the same ballpark. No. Um, you know, fuck. Hey. I saw this post the other day, right? As far like um, on one of just like a wrestling, you know, fan site, whatever. And it seemed like to, to be a, a person like from my era, from you know, um, attitude era, whatever. And they were making the case, like, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, you know, WWE is burying LA Knight and whatever. You know, and that, that's not the case. You know, he's you know, there's still he's on you know he's still on weekly in a segment or whatever. All right. Full stop right there. Like and he and he compared it back to to uh to um the attitude era, right? As somebody that lived through the attitude era, if anybody, I don't give a fuck who you were, if you were getting that reaction from the crowd week in, week out, again, you can have all the little promos, the Grayson Waller effect, the little, you know, backstage interview on your Monday night and your Friday night, cool. We talked about this last night, right? Or last week. You have not seen LA Knight in a match, in a feud, on a pay-per-view since Royal Rumble. That was in January. And we're eight months away, you know, past that. No match on anything. Not Mania, Night of Champions, no pay-per-views at all. Eight months. And now we're getting into SummerSlam, another the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. And this is the guy getting the biggest reaction out of and even I'll even put that up with Roman and Jay and the bloodline. It is at least equal to that. Um so to say like back in the, you know, in the attitude era, like this, you know, 
maybe buried is too extreme a word, but these motherfuckers are definitely holding this dude back. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me, like, if, if, if The Rock or Stone Cold or DX or Kane or The Undertaker or any of these people were getting this reaction, that they would have been left off of, you know, eight months of pay-per-views consecutively and then be given a Royal Rumble or a, a Battle Royal. The fuck out of here, man. That, that that shit just would not have happened. Um, And and to the, to the people that say, like, and I'm looking at you, Kevin Nash, like... That that he's like ripping off the rock or Stone Cold or like, bro. Okay, he has he has the yeah thing, which is yes, very similar to Stone Cold's what. That's it. Real. He's had one line in one promo that was you know that he got from the Rock, right? You know the the stick the bottles of Prime up your ass. One line in one promo. And and these motherfuckers say, like, oh, he just copy and whatever. He, no. He took some things that worked and made it his own. Let me ask you something, Kevin Nash, anybody. What the fuck did Ric Flair do? What did Hulk Hogan do? You, you heard of a, a wrestler called Superstar Billy Graham? You know, much, you know, wrestlers in the past. They all took something that worked, right? Worked for them and made it their own. Like, that's... That's literally the fucking history of wrestling. Like, like the, these people aren't inventing the wheel here, man. Like, I don't know, dude. So, so yeah, to criticize a soup, any superstar doing, so you took this little aspect from a Stone Cold or a Rock or a Ric Flair or whatever. Yeah, because they were the fucking greatest to do it. Why wouldn't you try to, yeah, copying is one thing. But you're going to try to emulate that, right? Try to find something works and make it your own. And LA Knight has done that. <laughs> so, man, I, I don't know, dude. A, a battle royal at the Royal Rumble after not being on a pay-per-view in, in a match since the Royal Rumble? Dude, you're, again, maybe you're not burying him, but you're holding him back. And, you know, it it, it, it is kind of really right in the wheelhouse of a of a Kevin Nash to say something like that because while I like Kevin Nash and the NWO and Big Sexy and Diesel and whatever sorry bro you were part of the clique right you and Sean and Triple H yeah you got a reputation because you motherfuckers did hold people back or try to like you did that shit <laughs> like so come on man like give give this guy like he's fucking earned it he's made it He's paid his dues in this industry. The fuck, dude? <laughs> I, 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 it, it boggles the mind. Yeah. That's 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 it. That's my reaction. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know why this guy. I don't know. It's it, it's petty bullshit because yeah. he wasn't your guy and you exactly. didn't plan him and you didn't make him. Exactly, man. The same point of, the same petty bullshit with the with the women's title because Matt Cardona fucking wore it in an indie show. Mm-hmm. You're petty, petty little bitches. Fucking petty, man. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's what it is. Exactly, man. Exactly, and it's 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 clear as day that you know because he's getting this reaction, WWE has no choice but right. to put him on television. Right. Yep. They're not going to they're not going to give him anything. That's because that's ass, that's doing way too much for this company. But we'll give you something. We'll give you a bone. We'll give it's like giving a dog a treat. Here's this SummerSlam Battle Royal that you're going to be in. Have fun with that. Right. Because it's they're forcing their hand because they have no choice to, you know, and and but at the same time. They're going to kill this dude's fucking momentum. I, I laughed when freaking Wade Barrett says like, oh, L.A. Knight continues his momentum. What what fucking momentum? Sure, he's got good crowd reaction. That's great, and he's fucking over. But what he's involved in, he has no fucking momentum whatsoever. Right. So they're trying to for, they're trying to freaking t- you know make you think that he's got momentum because oh, like there's this thing called the yeah movement now, which hey, which is freaking cool. I love that. But uh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah they're I'll making it called the yeah movement. There's the yes movement, and now it's the yeah movement. Oh, freaking, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, right. yeah. Wrestling fans continue to give this company the benefit of the doubt. That's what pisses me off more than anything. 
that they can't freaking put two and two together and, right. and see that like this dude dots, is not dude. getting it's... a push anytime soon, bro. He's gonna he's being involved with Hit Row, who has been irrelevant since they came back. You know, it's yep. just or since they re-debuted on the main roster. It tells you everything you need to know. And the line was drawn in the sand after the Royal Rumble, like you mentioned, Brian, where this dude was off WrestleMania, Elimination Chamber, Backlash in Puerto Rico, Night of Champions in Saudi. Oh, but yet, but hey, he's going to be on SummerSlam, but he's going to be in a battle royal that's that's just for what? For bragging rights? That has nothing on the line. Give me a fucking break. And it's this yeah. notion... It's this notion that we have to wait and be patient. What's there to wait and be patient for? And we've waited for eight months, bro. It's been eight <laughs> fucking months. And this dude has gotten nothing. You're telling me like, oh, because there's these rumors now about him winning the Royal Rumble. Like, oh, don't worry. Freaking the Royal Rumble, he'll get a shot. Then uh, why couldn't we give him momentum leaning into the Royal Rumble? Why couldn't you book him as such after the Bray Wyatt feud to get him there? So what are we going to do from now until the Royal Rumble? What are we going to do? He's going to be he, he's going to be in shit with Hit Row. He's going to be in Battle Royals. What the fuck are we going to do, man? Enough of these fucking excuses. They have yeah. nothing nor they do want to get any ounce of creativity for this dude. It's clear as day and this and this and these fans, not everybody, but there's just a handful of fans out there that thinks this company has it all figured out for this guy. Oh, they got it figured out. It's to ruin the fucking guy. It's to derail his momentum. Like we keep giving the this company the benefit of the doubt. Like and they don't deserve it. Like what from since Royal Rumble from this year up until now has given you the benefit of the doubt that they're one and you keep hearing shit. Oh, the push is coming after mania. Oh, the push is he's going to get the briefcase. Oh, the push is going to, he's going to get the United States championship. Oh no, don't worry. It's going to be after SummerSlam. The fuck are we doing? Right. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Like, give me a break. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's like, that's, I mean, that's just a WWE's plan is just to, to keep prolonging it until, until the wrestling, you know, we, yeah, we eventually are just going to lose interest and give up. And that's, that seems to be the direction right. they want to go is just what, wait until it what, fades out. Like, what are we prolonging here? Like, it just, right. like, what fucking sense does that make for a guy that should be doing great shit right now? It does. It just doesn't. And that doesn't even need to involve titles. I know we talked about, oh, he has to get the briefcase. He has to get the United States championship. Well, they put him in that situation to where you have no choice. <laughs> yes, I understand his booking has not been that great. And you're and, and he's thrown into a title match. And, and I understand there needs to be more build for him. Well, why don't you fucking do that to where when he does get a said title, it's that much more meaningful, you know? But unfortunately, yep. they put him in that situation. And yet he is he's the only guy that is over with the crowd that is over with wrestling fans to where to your, your hands are tied to where I understand that you have, he hasn't, he hasn't been booked as such leading into that said opportunity, but you got to give him in that regardless of how he's gotten there. Like we've always said, and yeah, and, and here we are. So I can guys, I can ramble on for hours as well as Brian can. It's just <laughs> nothing like, this company does not deserve my benefit of the doubt. There can be there can be reports and rumors and sources about LA Knight's going to get this push after this set event, after this event. I'll believe it when I fucking see it. Prove it to prove it to me. Enough right. of saying it. Don't tell me you're going to push him. Fucking do it. <laughs> Seriously. So just it's that that's all it comes down to, man. But let's finally get into this final topic here. Um, our final topic is the bloodline or Roman Reigns and, and Jey Uso for tribal combat. Um, as Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, they started off the show face-to-face. -face, and again, a, a decent little segment to start off the show. We've always talked about this, this storyline still being the most, the, the most well storyline, you know, in this company. Um, you know, Roman goes on to say that he made Jey Uso, you know, you were, you know, you, you and the Usos were relevant because of me, right? 
you were the right-hand man because of me, right? And you were the right-hand man because Jimmy got hurt, you know? Um, and no, Roman Reigns, he goes on to say, like, you know, you know, he's like, what are you trying to do, right? You're starting off the show. Are you trying to be the tribal chief now? And Jay's like, dude, I never wanted this. <laughs> I never wanted to be the tribal chief. I, all I wanted to do was just support you, you know, because your family, your blood. And he says, I truly believe that you can lead this company in this family. But you broke this family. You know, you, you broke the bloodline. You broke this family. You know, he says, and then that's when freaking Roman went on his tirade. Like the only reason why you even became the right hand man because of because of uh, of, of Jimmy being hurt or whatever. And he says, listen, when I beat you, you're done, right? Like you're done. You're an afterthought. You're just your mm -hmm. history, right? And he says, listen, and let's say if you do win, right? You Let's say if you do win this match, you know, you, you, you get the tribal chief name, you get this title. But at the end of the day, for me, I'm always going to be Roman Reigns. I love that freaking line too. I'm always going to be Roman Reigns, dude. I'm the top dog. I'm freaking Roman Reigns at the end of the day. I can lose this. I can lose this title. I'm still fucking Roman Reigns, dude. Where you, when I do beat you, because that's not going to happen, because when I do beat you, you will have nothing. And then Roman states like, you know, how, it's like, you really think that you're going to beat me this SummerSlam? Like, like, what makes you believe that you're actually going to beat me at SummerSlam? And Jey Uso says, because I already beat you. I pinned you at freaking Money in the Bank. And at SummerSlam, and he puts his hand on his shoulder, I'm going to beat you again. Um, and that was the end of the segment. So, hey, I mean, look, man. We, I, again, Brian, we're a broken record at this point. Freaking seven months making episodes and episodes of this podcast. Always talking about this. Uh, the, the Roman Reigns, the Bloodline, Jey Uso, whatever. And, and was this was this thing anything special? You know, or, or or anything special to what they've done in the past? No, but it was very simplistic, and it was very effective, and it was a good little back and forth, and it was a good way to start off the show. And again, this this story continues to be the best story being told um, in this company. Before we get into the main event that involves Jay as well as Grayson Waller, and that's another whole spiel I'm going to get to in just a second with Grayson. But yeah, Brian, your your thoughts about this opening segment between Jay and uh, and Roman Reigns? Yeah, I mean, broken record again. It's it's yeah. It, it wasn't you know the best thing that that's happened in the bloodline, but it was damn good, damn solid, man. As it always is. Um, uh, you know, we haven't got to the the last part of the segment, but I, I, you know, I got to give my shout out to Roman here because if, if I don't know if you you were planning on talking about it, but um, so at the end of the segment or at the end of the show, right? You know, it's something that that's not scripted. And this is where, and not that Jay is the only, or Roman's the only one that can do it. A lot of wrestlers can do it. But I think this is what separates the, you know, the good wrestlers from the great, from the, from the legends is if you notice in the, you know, kind of at the end of the beat down of Jay, um, you know, the crowd starts, starts chanting, you know, you got pinned, you got pinned. And again, it, it's something that wasn't scripted. But in the moment, right, Roman kind of, you know, they were done. They're like they were going to leave. And it's just that change in Roman, right? That now the, the you know, he's faced with the reality that he did get pinned and the crowd's, you know, say, you know, chanting it to him. And it, it's just that in the moment where like, it, it's just living the spot in the, in the moment and not so concerned about, oh, we got to do this setup to get to this spot. You, you got to. You gotta, you gotta learn to switch directions, right? And and he's great at it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it was just a little thing that, like, again, it's just those little things that are gonna separate the good from the great. Like that, that's what it is, right there in that moment. Um. So yeah, good segment. Um. Looking forward to the match. I, I just, I, I don't know how this ends, man. I mean. <laughs> Because if you go the route of Jay winning, and and now he's champion and tribal chief, but then you're still trying to tell the Roman and Cody story, well, that even makes less sense at next WrestleMania. So I gotta imagine Roman's winning here, and then I, you know I don't know what happens with Jay. Is somebody you know some more of the family returning? You know that's been speculated. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be damn entertaining, man. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And but before I answer that, let me get into this main event that involved Jey Uso as well as Grayson Waller. Uh, as your main event was Jey Uso versus Grayson Waller. 
uh, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. They all come out. They watch the match uh, via the rampway. Uh, Jey Uso, or actually Grayson Waller, he was like mocking The Rock. He was doing like the freaking, taking off the freaking elbow guard and shit. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, you know, he's been mocking. Uh, who knows? There's been also rumors about The freaking Rock being in a segment with Grayson or something like that. Um, that can't happen. I, I'll let you go, but yeah, that can't happen. Can't happen. <laughs> Again, this is just what I'm hearing. You know, the the rock. No, no, maybe. yeah, I've heard it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll, we'll I'll have you get to that in just a second. But uh, Jay Uso sends a message to Roman by delivering a spear uh, to to Grayson Waller. You know, freaking. Of course, Roman Reigns is pretty much his finishing move. He stares down freaking Roman. Um, you know, freaking Jay Uso. He's about. He wins the match via. The Uso splash, so he pins Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller is just sayonara, see you later. Um, and I'm going to get to that in just a second, as I know you will too, Brian, with Winner Garbstow, Grayson, and The Rock, and that whole shtick. But post-match, Solo Sokoa blindsides, blindsides Jey Uso. Jey Uso gains the upper hand. Roman Reigns sees, like, all right, shit, now I got to get involved here. He slides underneath the ring, and Jey Uso spears Roman Reigns. He spears Roman Reigns out of his shoes. He goes for the Uso splash. However, Solo interferes, and now both Roman and Solo, they gain back the upper hand. They deliver a simultaneous spear and a Samoan spike, not once, but twice. So, like, as uh, Solo's delivering the, the, the spike, uh, Roman is also spearing Jey Uso simultaneously. Um, as SmackDown goes off the air with Roman and Solo standing tall. And like I said, it's the little things like you mentioned, uh, you know, Brian, that, that you mentioned about Roman that makes him great when it comes to even like stuff, even in the past, right? The way he talks mm-hmm. shit off the microphone. Like he talks even better off the microphone than he does on the microphone. I swear to God, he really truly yeah. does. Like the shit that he says, like just without a microphone, it's legit 10 times better than with the freaking microphone. It's just, it's really a solid. So I'm going to let you get your thoughts in, Brian, uh, and, I'll, and I'll get mine after you. Uh, your, your thoughts with this main event and, and the post-match, um, p- post-match stuff that happened at, to end the show. Yeah, I mean, I thought the main event, you know, was fine. You know, Grayson Waller's in there getting a little bit of shine, you know, in a main event picture there. Um, you know... At the, at the end of the match, I mean, I think it's a good setup. You you gotta, you know, kind of have the heels standing tall going in, you know, to the rumble. What I mean, I guess you're still gonna get one more SmackDown and stuff beforehand, but um, just the Grayson Waller and Rock thing, like, you gonna tell me the Rock is gonna come back to WWE with this whole Bloodline story, but instead you're gonna put him in something with Grayson Waller? Yeah, and no no shade to Grayson, like I think the dude's gonna be a star. What the fuck? Like, I'm sorry. If Rock is coming back, if he's going to be there, it has to be in the fucking bloodline. Like, give me a break, dude. Like, yeah. you're going to have him go out there on the Grayson Waller effect and have no interaction with the bloodline? Come mm-hmm. on, man. Yeah. Yeah, so that, eh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it, it's definitely uh, it, it's definitely interesting. Um, I'm sure it'll be entertaining for what it is, but yeah, no, I I, sure. I, I agree because... If you're going to bring The Rock back yet, yeah, it, it has to be, it, it would have to be like involving with the bloodline. You would think, right? I mean, you don't want to have The Rock just come back just to kind of like a John Cena type of thing from freaking, from freaking Money in the Bank in London. Like he just goes out there, he freaking F or freaking does an AA to freaking Grayson Waller. And then that's it. Freaking Cena goes back to Hollywood. So I yeah. hope that's not the case with The Rock. Um, but we'll see, I guess, in regards to that. But, but yeah, here's I mean, the thing with you know whether it's perfect timing or whatever. But I mean, look with the Rock and and Cena too. Like, I, I don't know what their plans are, but I mean, yo, you know, Hollywood actors or whatever, like they're on strike. Like they're they're not making movies right now. So I, yeah, you know, are they? Is is this going to be a little run? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. And then, and the thing is too, as well with Cody. You know, because that because that if that's the thing that you're going to now add the rock, you know, then the thing with Cody, too, it's like so that's going to be interesting if they do go that route as well. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see in regards to uh, in regards to that. But um, but yeah, look, decent, uh, decent main event. Um, of course, you know, the post-match stuff was solid. Again, nothing spectacular that this bloodline story has has produced, but still it was very, very effective. 
I like I don't the the Roman the J Jay Uso spearing Roman. I feel like that could have been maybe saved for the match. Like the moment of Roman of Jay spearing Roman could have been saved for the match. I liked him spearing Grayson, but then right after that spearing Roman, I'm like, I don't know. That yeah, moment could have been saved you. for the match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I yeah. just, it's just not, not that I didn't like, I didn't like the moment of him spearing Roman. I just would have saved that for the pay-per-view for the said match. You know what I mean? Cause then it wouldn't shock me if they do that same spot again. And it's just like, okay, that was cool. But we just saw that like last week on a SmackDown, you know, it's just like first impressions are like doing like, you know, doing a said move on somebody like deserves to be special, like within a match in a big pay-per-view or a big type of match feel, you know right. what I mean? It's just, I feel like that could have been saved. Um, so the pay-per-view, but I mean, whatever that's, uh, maybe I'm nitpicking with that, but that's just, that's just how I personally feel in regards to that. But outside of that, um, I mean, let's de decent main event, decent segment. Um, you know, Roman Reigns and solo standing tall. Don't mind that at all. Again, once again, continuing, continuing to be the best story that's being told. And yeah, we'll see in, in, in regard and, and to answer your question, uh, or, or what your, you know, your thoughts about who is winning this match. Yeah, Roman needs to win this match. There's, yes. I've said this before about, yes, you know, I know it may sound cool of Jey Uso beating Roman Reigns for the title. But then again, guys, th then then what? Like, what, what is Jey? Jey Uso is going to be holding on to a fucking title. And, and then what? Roman's going to have like our said rematch at another big pay-per-view. And then in between that, like, what, what, what's, what's next for that? You know, and that's what I mean. Like, Jey Uso... As much as we like the dude, as much as he's been doing tremendous work in the story, he is a tag team wrestler, a part of a very good tag team, may I add. But mm. that's what who he is, and that's who he should be. And his story is bigger than winning the championship. That's just that's just what it is at the end of the day. Um, yep. Yeah, and that that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. So yeah, no Roman Reigns is is winning this match as as I expect it to happen. I expect them to deliver in this match. It's going to most likely be the main event probably um, of the night. So they're going to deliver. They're going to do their thing. But yeah, no doubt Roman Reigns needs and should win this match as well as I expect it to happen um, at the end of the day. So we'll see um, what they do on the go-home show of SummerSlam. We'll see how that goes. Um, as, and then, of course, we will dissect SummerSlam as, as a whole for uh, – for for Sunday or that following Sunday after uh, after Saturday's uh, SummerSlam, um, and, and we'll give you guys our thoughts, our good and the bad and the ugly, and we're looking forward to uh, to reviewing and dissecting that show, um, our first SummerSlam review uh, on this podcast, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. So, all right, so our top five wrestlers of the week. So, if you guys are unfamiliar with this list, of course, allow me to demonstrate the rules. Of course, everybody is free game. New Japan. Impact Wrestling, AEW, WWE, you name it, it is free game to be on this list. These wicks, these lists change weekly depending on, you know, the a wrestler's momentum, a story, a feud, you know, you name it, whoever's getting pushed. And we take personal bias aside to see who is the guy or gal uh, that is really, you know, being the talk and the, you know, the focal point of professional wrestling as a whole. So we, we have fun with the, we have fun with these lists. And like I said, these lists change on a weekly basis. So Brian, I'll have you start with your honorable mentions and your top five. The floor is yours. Take it away. Yeah. So for my uh, honorable mentions, uh, I do have a few here. Um, I'll start with Kaiser from Imperium. Um, I talked briefly about him earlier. Um, yeah. There's just something with him, man. Uh, I, I don't know. He's, he's, he's becoming just as, or I won't, I won't say just as, but he, he's clearly the second guy in Imperium. Um, and I don't know. I, I just think he's, he's doing well in his shtick. He's delivering well, looks good in the ring. Um, so yeah, shout out for him, man. I've, I've been digging his stuff for, for some time now. Um, second one, uh, Ricochet. Um, Again, you know, it's nothing hugely special, but just given where he's been the last few years, you know, the past couple of weeks here, he's he stepped it up a little bit. So shout out to him. Um, my third one, and I didn't get much airtime, and I still don't know where they're going, but if this is where I think it's going, it could be good. But uh, the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, and also maybe Mello and Trick in there. Like, I don't know. Is this going to be the new Hurt business, which 
if so, or or another t- just a faction of some sort. Um, yeah, that could be really good, man. And especially, you know, now that you're seemingly trying to really build Judgment Day as well. Like, if you have a faction like the Hurt Business with those guys I mentioned, that could be really good shit. You know, having another faction to to bounce yeah. off of. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see where they where we uh, go with that. And my last one, uh, Zoe Stark. Um, I see this girl as, you know, not right now, obviously she just knew, but man, she looks fluid and smooth in the ring, cut a pretty decent promo. She's not one of like, she's always in her spot. It's like, there's, there's none of this, like, you know, sometimes you'll see, you know, you gotta, they'll set up for a spot and like, you kind of got to wait two or three seconds for everybody to get there not with her man like she's there like she's she's nailing it um and man if down the road rhea ripley and zoe stark dude sign me up for that i i can that that could be really really good um you know she needs a little bit more seasoning sure maybe not right now but uh, she's on her way um and my last shout out uh as i you know i i had done this last podcast um uh, Ty Valkyrie in AEW um, for reasons, and I had made a couple posts on on our Facebook page, but uh, you know, just again in the wrestling business, man, if if a particular wrestler superstar isn't your cup of tea, cool. You want to critique their character or you know what you don't like about that or the matches, awesome. When you start going outside of that and making personal attacks on people, because they missed the fucking spot or, or whatever. You just don't like them, you know, suck one, bro. Like just, so shout out to you, Valkyrie, man. I see you girl. Keep doing your thing. So Hi, those Taya. are my shout outs. Hi, Taya. How are you? <laughs> right? appreciate, appreciate the like and all that stuff on, on, on Instagram. Absolutely. She, viewed, she viewed our, our, our Instagram story. Actually that same, um, you know, shout out that you gave her, uh, last, last episode, you know, talking about Taya, she saw that. And so shout out to her. So hi, Taya. How are you? Appreciate you. Hello. (laughs) So now I'm into my top five. Uh, My number five, I'm going with the Eradicator, man. Rhea Ripley. Um, You know, we, again, it wasn't much, but given where she's been and, and who she is and who she should be as champion or, you know, at least on the way, finally you're giving her, you know, something where she's looking dominant, taking out women, you know, Again, as she should have been. So hopefully they keep the ball rolling with that because that's, like I said before, she arguably right now, like, again, giving, you want to talk about the greatest of all time, right? And sorry, I'm going off on a little rant here, right? And and we compare, you know, like Charlotte Flair, 14-time world champion. She's 14-time world champion because WWE has booked her that way. If you put half of that, into Rhea Ripley, at least right now, from what we've seen come along, greatest fucking champion ever, all time, women's. Like, right now, she could be that person. So, yeah, shout out to Rhea, man. Um, Number, f- yeah, I'll go with number four. Um, I'm going to go with another Judgment Day, Finn Balor. Um. I really like his little tweak to his character here recently. You know, like I mentioned, I, I think he's got to win here at SummerSlam and he's going to be the world champion. So there's a lot of directions you can go with, with that as far as opponents and also the tension within the Judgment Day. So again, it's it's up to WWE to to book it as such. But right now, yeah, Finn's, Finn's getting that momentum for sure. My um, number three... We're better than you, baby. MJF <laughs> and Adam Cole. I mean, it's just, dude. I know it's going to be short lived, but it, it's been a fun ride, man. Like they're they're entertaining yeah. as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we got the you know a pay per view or a match coming up next week with them. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But tonight, actually, uh, tonight, tonight is Collision. They're going to be in. Oh that shit! That's right. Tonight, that dude, I'm getting my mix. Well, my day's mixed up. Right? Yeah. Today is Saturday. Right. Right on. So, yeah, check that out tonight, man. We'll we'll. I expect a turn to happen, but we'll see. 
Um, so they're my, they're my number three. My number two, the bloodline, baby, Roman and Jay. Um, again, nothing spectacular, just solid all the way through. And just the really even with Jay in, in, in that little promo exchange they had, man, just the way he's delivering stuff like, you know, where, where you know, Roman's getting really like angry and animated. Like, what, what makes you think you can beat me? And he's just like cool and calm. He's like, because I already did, man. Like, I already pinned you, bro. So, yeah, I just, again, you know, we, we've spoken about it for seven months here. It's been the best story arc in decades in all of wrestling. So, continues to be, man. And my number one this week. L.A. Knight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and why? Because fuck you, WWE. That's why. this again um this i i don't i don't i don't understand it like this is arguably right the best part of wrestling is when you see somebody that catches lightning in a bottle and fucking right not not planned not intended not written out just happens organically that is the best shit in wrestling, hands down. And for them to be stifling this for so long, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. But LA Knight, you know what? LA Knight, and for the foreseeable future, until I just get tired of it, he's my number one because fuck you, WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Let me let me give you another round of applause. <laughs> L.A. Knight for the second week in a row is on Brian Thomas's top five yep. list. Love that, love that, and love that. All right, now it is time for my honorable mentions in my top five. So I'm going to jump straight into this thing. So my first honorable mention uh, is Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet, like I said about the whole Logan Paul uh, segment from Monday Night Raw, I, I think you know over the past several weeks, with his involvement with Logan, I think he's held held his own very, very well. Um, definitely his promos have definitely have a lot more meaning to them and a lot more substance because of the story that's being told with Logan. And yeah, like I always say, man, it, you know, it takes two to tango and, and Ricochet has held his own uh, in regards to that. And, and of course, they're going to put on a tremendous match as we assume uh, they're going to, uh, and are, like I said, arguably probably the best match of the night of the pay-per-view, yeah, could be. Uh, you know, because of that. So shout out to Ricochet. Uh, my next honorable mention is Gunther. Uh, Gunther is my next honorable mention um, in which was a solid, you know, decent segment, but it was the way that the whole segment was portrayed and the way that Gunther has been rocking the microphone as of late. Freaking really been yeah, yeah. really been laying into the crowd as of late. Like this has been the this is the greatest day of your pathetic lives because you get to see the Ling General, however you want to pronounce that. Oh, I lo- and yeah, that's the thing. with the way Kaiser says that. I mean, it's fucking gold, man. I, I don't know what it is, but I love it. Right, right, yeah. So General, right, that's exactly right. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Kaiser and shout out to Gunther. Um, as Gunther has really been been really been crushing it on the microphone just really just calling out everybody that's kind of like old school i don't know it's type like old school type of yeah. stuff when it old comes like to, when it comes right. to his demeanor and his character yeah it's just it just brings that type of vibe to that and the way he sold the whole uh, announced table spot uh to drew i thought was really well i think just the yep. way he sold it and all that stuff i mean gunther has been uh tremendous regardless of how i feel about this whole shtick with drew and how to me, it's not needed. I understand the match is going to be great, but just Drew going after a mid-card title is just weird to me. But hey, of what Gunther is producing for his performance alone outside of what WWE is giving him, um, solid stuff as of late. So uh, my next honorable mention is Liv Morgan. Uh, Liv Morgan just selling the shit out of that freaking steel chair shot. I thought that was freaking awesome. I love when when wrestlers go above and beyond when they don't really need to, but they go that extra mile to sell and to really tell a segment and a story. And I thought Liv Morgan did that uh, tremendously. Uh, uh, so so major major props to Liv Morgan 
uh, with that segment uh, with, with Rhea Ripley this past Monday night on Raw. Uh, my next two honorable mentions, uh, or tandems, I should say. One is uh, Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport from NXT. Just the whole freaking gas station brawl. I thought that shit was freaking awesome. I thought it was creative as hell. And again, it just brought me back to those super that supermarket brawl between Booker T and Stone Cold from back in the day. I just it was the one positive light out of NXT this week. And again, it brought out a side of Roxanne Perez, which I really liked, and I hope we see more of. Um, so tremendous segment uh, and props to both ladies as, uh, again, just brought a, a cool segment that definitely brought a lot of old school vibes, again, from that Booker T and, uh, and Stole Cold segment or that Supermart segment from back in the day. So and my final two honorable mentions are MJF and Adam Cole, baby, um, even though they're not in my top five this week, uh, they're still a big talking point. Uh, you know, for, in the wrestling world, of course, you know, they didn't do too much this week. It was mainly kind of just a segment from last week's Blood and Guts and just a backstage segment, whatever. Obviously, they're going to put a lot, all their chips probably into one basket tonight for the match against FTR uh, for, for AEW Collision. But still, man, I mean, MJF and Adam Cole, they both deserve their flowers for just mm-hmm. how getting everybody intrigued with them as a team and, and what's going to come moving forward. So shout out to both of them. And now it is time for my top five list itself. At number five, I have Logan Paul. Um, I, I've said this early on in this in, in the show. Logan Paul was tremendous. Uh, freaking calling freaking Tampa Bay or the, the, the or Tampa, Florida out, just talking shit to the crowd, holding up the phone, playing the freaking douchebag, freaking YouTuber. I just I just like it, man. It just it makes sense, and it's who he is, and he does it better than a lot of people. He plays a better heel than a lot a lot more wrestlers in this industry. Not just WWE, but just everybody from the indies, you, you name it, like in Japan or whatever. He 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 plays that shit very, very well. Um and, and he deserves praise for that. And just this segment was was no different. Again, just you know calling people freaking virgins, even though it may sound childish and silly. It fits him well, and it delivers well, and it got a pop out of me, so that was freaking awesome. And it gets me, as like I said, a slimmer of intrigue to see, you know, you know what's to come for uh, his match against Ricochet at, at, at SummerSlam. And at number four, I have L.A. Knight, yeah, uh, at the number four slot. So again, man, like I, you know, and Brian, you hit the nail on the head. This dude can be booked. And he can be derailed to the point where this company may just legit make him an afterthought, but it's, it's, it's just how he carries himself. And it's just how he continues to just get over with the crowd and the crowd to still chant his name and to get the biggest, loudest fucking reaction um, out of this entire company. And until that's the case, you're going to hear a lot more of this dude's freaking name in these lists and in these honorable mentions. So LA Knight, once again, just being the guy, you know, regardless of how he's being booked, he is the freaking guy right now. You know, yeah. that's regardless of how he's booked, that's just the case. And that's just the, that's just the truth at the end of the day. Um, and number three, I have Jay Uso. Jay Uso at number three. Um, you know, and of course, let me follow that up with number two. And that is your tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns. So Roman Roman Reigns at number two and Jay Uso at number three. Uh, tremendous back and forth segment. I was more intrigued with, obviously, I mean, the finish was fine at the end of the night on SmackDown, but it was really obviously the opening segment to start the show off. Um, just, again, very simplistic, very effective. Again, like you said, uh, Brian, about how Jay delivered his words about, hey, I already beat you, dude. Like, you know, this is this is like calm, cool, and collected while Roman is like, getting angry and frustrated just that little types of stuff is definitely definitely what makes a segment and what really tells a story and again who who does it better than the freaking bloodline who does it better than jay uso and roman and again it's the little things that roman does talking shit without the microphone in his hand it is just fucking gold bro i mean just it it's it really really is uh roman reigns says listen you know you may take this title from me. You may take this tassel, this this necklace away from me and the tribal chief name. I'm still going to be fucking Roman Reigns at the end of the day. I'm still the top freaking dog in this industry. But the fact that I'm going to beat you at SummerSlam, you ain't going to have shit. <laughs> minus the, well, you're done. Minus minus the cursing there. But but you guys, you guys paint the picture. So uh, Jey Uso at number three, Roman at number two. And my number one for this week is... 
the Judgment Day, the entire oh, Judgment Day as yeah. a whole. That yeah. is right. So, look, I, you know, Brian, you spoke about Finn. You spoke about Rhea. Um, I'm putting the entire Judgment Day at that number one slot this week. This, yep. this was their week, and I said it early on in the show. This is how the Judgment Day as a whole should have been booked four months ago after WrestleMania. And this this past Monday night on Raw was a prime example of them being a faction that legit felt like a legit threat. Uh, with freaking, you know, the they're coming to the ring and they're surrounding Seth Rollins. You know, they're strate- strategically planning stuff. I can speak <laughs> to to attack Seth Rollins and all that. Rhea Ripley, you know, writing off Liv Morgan off of TV. You know, even though Dominic's holding on to an NXT title, which makes no fucking sense. It's weird. Um, and, you know, Damian Priest winning his match and Finn Balor has been doing his shtick, like you mentioned, Brian, with Seth. It's just this this faction, man, for at least one night only for this week, actually felt like a dominant faction. Yep. And finally, this was a Monday Night Raw that wasn't redundant. It wasn't stale. You know, it actually had a formula. It actually had a flow to where the Judgment Day, they stood tall at the start of the show. And they were and as the dominant faction they were for this week ended the show standing tall. So this was their week. Everybody at least felt somewhat special, at least for one night and for one week. And, you know, they put all this stock and effort into the Judgment Day. And if you're going to do such, that is how you do it. Um, so much praise to, to that, to Rhea. Um, even for Damian Priest, you know, even though I've, I've said my, my, my takes about Damian Priest, but the entire Judgment Day as a whole, they felt a way. And what did it for me, Brian, was mainly the main event segment, just all of, just beating up Seth Rollins, yeah. actually mm-hmm. feeling like the dominant faction, you know, strategic, strategically planning to, to beat up Seth, to beat up Seth and, and to surround the ring. They're coming from different corners of the arena. It was just a really cool visual. And again, it just made them feel a certain type of way. And I and like even, that stuff. Even to, to end that too, after the beatdown, just the little stare between uh, Damian and Finn with the briefcase, right? Yeah, like, exa- yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's just little things like that where to, for me, and as I know as well with Brian, that's just not so minor when it comes to pro wrestling. But for the Judgment right. Day, and that's what I mean, man hey i may be an asshole i may be uh you know harsh at times but and i know i've said a lot of those harsh things when it comes to the judgment day but if you give me stuff that i that i can sink my t- sink my teeth into then that's that that's all i can ask for now you keep building that momentum and it starts with uh, well in houston texas for the go home show and then going into SummerSlam. so so that is my top five at number five I have Logan Paul at number four. I have L.A. Knight at number three. I have Jay Uso at number two. I have your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And at number one, I have the Judgment Day. And that is my top five list for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ruthless Talk. We are getting closer and closer to SummerSlam. This is the go-home shows, the go-home week to SummerSlam. So a lot of content is coming up. We will be back here on Thursday because there is another big pay-per-view coming up uh, with AEW, and that is All In as well as All Out, which is going to be September 3rd. So there's a lot of stuff coming up. So make sure you guys stay tuned on Thursday as we are back on Thursday. And then we, we are right back here once again on Saturday um, to talk about Raw and SmackDown. Of course, if anything changes because uh, rest or SummerSlam is this Saturday. So for the most part, there could be a chance where the Raw and SmackDown review may not happen this week because we do want to put all of our chips into one basket and save y'all for that for that SummerSlam uh, pay-per-view review. So that pay-per-view review will be a week from tomorrow on set on Sunday. And of course, if anything changes, we will keep you guys updated. That'll be the good and the bad and the ugly to see if WWE delivers to see if it is was a good or a bad show. So make sure you guys stay tuned for all of that. Make sure you stay tuned or make sure you follow us on our social medias. Make sure you join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. Brian, your final thoughts, my man, before we end the show. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. Obviously, you know, we know all the storylines, you know, basically going into to SummerSlam. So It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, in the fallout for that, particularly with L.A. Knight, man. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I'm looking for mostly. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, w- w- where are we going after here? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, with the bloodline or the judgment day or, you know, um, 
Seth Rollins, Drew, and 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 uh, Gunther. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff up in the air, and and a lot of stuff I expect to change a little bit after SummerSlam. So, yeah, we'll see, man. We shall see. SummerSlam is a week from tomorrow, so I uh, know a lot, a lot of a lot of answers are going to be are going to be told, and we're going to be here to talk all about it. So, thank you guys for tuning into this episode, everybody. That is going to do it. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.